Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. Uh, Old Man Winter put up one last fight yesterday. Uh, But, you know, we officially had our spring forward, right? So that means it's spring. Doesn't look like it, but it's spring. I declare it is spring. I don't care what uh, French Creek Freddy says. It's spring. Um, so yeah, we're excited you guys are here this morning. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've played that video, uh, I think once before, maybe it was last year, but I just, I wanted to play it again. Um, and it's just, you know, we've been, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about, you know, reaching friends, reaching coworkers, and, uh, you know, inviting them to church, t- talking to them about Jesus. And when we're doing that, we're not just doing something nice for them or doing them a favor. You have the potential when you do that to, to change an entire family's trajectory. That, that's what happened there, right? Like one person invites his dad to church and their entire genera- generations on generations are, tra- are, you know, the trajectory has been changed. And there's, there, there's so much power. Just, I think at the end it said one invitation can change a generation. Um, there's so much power in, uh, in, in, in bringing someone to church, telling them about Jesus. And I just, I just love that video. Uh, I want to share it again this morning. But yes, yeah, so we've been in a series called Help Wanted for uh, about three weeks. And we're kind of just playing off of uh, the economic state of, our, uh, <laughs> of, of America right now, where it seems like every business has help wanted signs up and, you know, everyone's trying to um, fill positions, but no one wants to fill them, right? And so there's, there's, there's not like there's a lack of work. To, there, there's plenty of work. The issue is there's not enough people willing to do that work. And so we've been talking about that when it comes to um, what Jesus says in, in Matthew 9, 37. It's kind of been our theme passage. It says the harvest, he says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into the harvest fields. And so that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, the problem is not that we have uh, a little harvest. We, we, that's not the issue. There's a great harvest. It's plentiful. The issue is peop, not enough people are signing up saying, here I am, send me. And so that's what we've been focused on for the, the last few weeks and we'll continue this morning. Uh, I wanted to share a brief story uh, from someone in our church. I, I thought this was just a, a cool story. If, if you've been in our church for any amount of time, you've probably heard us talk about uh, reaching our one or going after the one. Um, and maybe you've you know, heard even people talk that way like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to invite my one to church. Or What we mean by that when you hear people say you know, the one is what, what we're talking about is really based off of you know, Jesus's parables of you know, leaving um, the 99 sheep to go after the one lost sheep or going after the one lost coin. All we mean by that is, is, is praying and asking God uh, to, to, to reveal a person, one person, um, that, that you are going to pray for. You're committed to inviting the church and bringing them to church. And so that, that's what we, we mean when we talk about going after the one. And so I just want to share a story real quickly about that. Uh, someone in our church, um, he, uh, he identified a one. He, he, it was a guy from work. And he, he knew, yeah, that, that's my guy. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to commit to inviting him to church and, and, and telling him about Jesus. And uh, so he had on his calendar, he marked his calendar that date night um, was going to be the day 
that he invited this coworker to come to church. And so he invited him and he said yes. And so he came with him to date night. I think that was, uh, I believe, two Fridays ago. Um, and uh, the, the, the church member I'm talking about is John Carter. So John Carter, um, he, but here's what happened. On that Friday of date night, he crushes his finger in a skid steer. Okay, not, not like, you know, a blood blister or now his fingernail turned black. Like, cr- like borderline, do they amputate it or not? Like crushed his finger in a skid steer arm. So that happens. And you know, at that point, most people would probably be like, you know, I'm going to call it a night. You know, it's, <laughs> I just lost one of my fingers. It's been pretty, you know, I'm just going to chill at home, maybe let it rest in some, uh, some ice or something. And let me tell you, I saw pictures. I'm not going to show the pictures to you, but just imagine with me, have you ever overcooked a hot dog in the microwave? That's what we're talking about here, okay? That's, that's uh, so sorry for that mental picture of a, exploded hot dog, but that's, that's what's going on. Like seriously, like he went to the ER and they're like, we got to take you to Ruby. And he's like, no, I'm not going to Ruby. I got to go to date night. Right. So everyone else would have been like, (laughs) just put some gauze on it. Let me go doc. So, you know, yeah, most people would have been like, you know what? That's just tonight's not the night. Apparently I'm going to go home, but not him. No, he had committed. I'm getting this friend to church. And so that Friday night, he said, I'm not going to Ruby, put a bandage on it. I'm going to church. And he shows up and brings his friend and they have a great night together, date night. I just thought that was a great story because and I wanted to highlight, highlight it because A, he identified his one. And then B, he did whatever it took to get that one to come to church. Even when it means losing a finger, you still show up and bring your friend to church. So no, and that's, so for us, you know, I just want to ask you uh, this morning, do you, do you have a one? Have you prayed and asked God, who, who was that one person, that coworker, uh, that friend, um, that the family member, whoever it is, have you identified a person and then B, do whatever it takes to get him. And that's like the video we just watched, right? One invitation, one, one, one invitation to church can change the trajectory of someone's family, their lineage for years and years. So let's pray, and then we'll get into it this morning. Father, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for the people of this church. Lord, I thank you for your word. As we look to your word today, God, I pray that we would receive it with childlike faith. Father, I thank you that every time we open the Bible, it's like we're opening your mouth over our lives. So this morning, we receive all that you have for us. We don't want to miss one thing. Give us a spirit of wisdom. God, give us a spirit of revelation. We need you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we've been in our series, Hope Wanted, for the last three weeks. And I just want to quickly review and then we'll get into it this morning. Um, the, The first week, Pastor Luke talked about how reaching the lost is God's number one priority. That Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. God says that he desires that none should perish, but that all would come to an understanding of God's love for them, right? That, that's God's desire, that, that no one would perish. That's his number one priority. And then so the second week, we said that if that's God's number one priority, then it should be our number one priority. Are we servants of the Lord? 
We're servants of the Lord. So a good servant is about his master's work. A good servant's not about his own work and his own plans and his own desires. A good servant is about his, his father, his master's work. And so we need to make sure that our hearts are aligned with the heart of God, that that's, that's our desire. That's the burden of our heart. Making sure yeah, our hearts are aligned with, with God's heart. One thing that Pastor Luke said that was very simple but very uh, impactful it's important to, to make sure that the main thing is keeping the main thing, the main thing. It's unrepetitive, but that's the main thing. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. It's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to get distracted with good things, right? And uh, end up making one aspect of the Christian life number one, or making you know, some aspect of church life number one. When we need to guard our hearts and, 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 and daily remind ourselves, man, number one priority is, is, is reaching the lost. That, the Great Commission, right? The one task that Jesus gave us before he ascended to heaven. Go into all the earth and make disciples of all, of all people. That, that's our number one priority. And then last week we talked about just that that should be the church's number one priority. And he, he finished off um, briefly talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to spend our time on this morning is talking about the, the Holy Spirit's role in, in, in reaching the lost. So maybe you've been here for the last couple of weeks and you, you've heard the sermons and you've been compelled you want to reach friends. Maybe you're starting to think, yeah, that coworker, I, need, I, I want to bring him to church or I, I want to have a, a spiritual conversation with that family member. Maybe that's been stirring in you for the last couple of weeks. However, you're nervous and you don't think you can do it. And you're, you're worried. You're thinking, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I can pull it off. I don't think I have it in me to do that. I don't think I can talk to that guy about Jesus. I want to, but I, I'm afraid. That's what I want to speak on this morning. That's what I, that's what I want to speak to today. So turn in your Bibles to, to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. We'll start in verse one. Acts one, verse one. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it's going to be our theme text for the morning we did a series, I believe, in the fall called The Holy Ghost, where we just spent, spent a good portion of time just talking about 
the role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. And so if, if you missed that, um, I would recommend going back on our YouTube page or on our podcast and catching those messages. Uh, it'd be very, very foundational for you in, in, in understanding. So I'm not going to review all of that, but just one element uh, I'd like to review this morning uh, from that series is the, the two works of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells us that there are two different works of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. The first work of the Holy Spirit happens at the moment of salvation. And we call, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in, in you and lives in you. And we would call that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, so if, if you're a believer, if you're, if you're a Christian, you're born again, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He comes and lives in you. And Paul talks about it often in 1 Corinthians 3.16. He says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So Paul talks about we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he lives in us and dwells in us. So that's the first work of the Holy Spirit in that moment of salvation where he comes and lives inside of you. But there's a second work of the Holy Spirit, which we just read about in Acts chapter one, and it's called the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's something that takes place uh, after that initial moment of salvation. And we read about an example of this in Acts chapter 19. So if you have your Bibles, you flip over to that real fast. Acts 19 in verse one. Acts 19, one. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There was 12 of them in all. So here we have an instance where Paul comes across some Christians, some born again believers. And he, he asks them, did you, know, did you have, do you receive the Holy Spirit? And they said, no. So they were believers, but they had not received that infilling of the Holy Spirit until Paul uh, uh, prays for them there. So these, these are the two works of the Holy Spirit. There's two distinct works and they have two distinct purposes in, in the believer's life. I, I heard it said like this and it just always stuck with me. I love it. The Holy Spirit is in me for my sake. He comes upon me for your sake. So the, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that's for, that's for the believer. That's for me. That's, that's that you know, he leads us and guides us in truth. He teaches us. He, he assists us in living this Christian life we're called to live and living holy and living pure. That's the indwelling where he lives in us. And it's, it's, for, it's for the believers, for me. But the infilling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's for us to be empowered to be witnesses. That's the purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus in on the infilling of the Holy Spirit and its role and what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. 
The baptism in the Holy Spirit is essential for us to fulfill the call of God on our lives. It's essential for us to fulfill the call of God on our church. What is that call? We've talked about it in weeks past. It's the Great Commission. It's the task that Jesus gave us and his disciples as he, before he ascended. The, task, the one task he gave us, which is go into all the earth and make disciples of all nations. That's our, our, our responsibility. But apart from the Holy Spirit's infilling, it's, we can't fulfill it. What you're called to do is beyond what you can do in your own power. What I'm called to do is beyond what I can achieve in my own strength and my own wisdom. We need power from heaven. We need empowerment from the Holy Spirit to see those things come to pass. It's beyond our powers, beyond our ability. And Jesus knew it. Jesus knew. That's why he, he, he says to them, right? We just read about it. And he says it at the end of uh, the book of Luke as well. Saying, hey, okay, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to go do that. I'm going to send you out. However, wait until you receive the gift the Father has promised. Wait until you've received that infilling of the Holy Spirit. He knew how essential it would be. What he's saying there is, you need this. You need it. Don't try to do what I've called you to do without it. You can't. You need this power from heaven. You need this gift from the Father. But too often, Christians are too confident in their own abilities, in their own past experiences, that they don't think they need it. And they don't rely upon it as they should. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. We need this. The number one purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. It's not shaking under the anointing. It's not getting a word of knowledge. The primary purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is for you to receive power to be a witness and for you to receive boldness to do the works of God. That's the primary purpose. You know, I don't care how much you say you speak in tongues. If you're afraid to tell the cashier about Jesus, you need power from heaven. You need, you need empowerment and boldness from the Holy Spirit. You know, what's unfortunate though, I think that to be honest, it's hard to tell the difference between people that would say they're spirit filled and people that would not say they're spirit filled. Unfortunately, I think many times it's hard to tell the difference. And I think the reason behind that is because so often we stop at, well, I spoke in tongues. We stop there when, although that might be the initial evidence, that's not the ultimate biblical evidence, which is empowerment and boldness. That's the ultimate evidence. And we, we, we do ourselves such a disservice when we, when we stop at, well, I got my prayer language. There is so much more for us. We need power from heaven. We need boldness from heaven. We can't stop short at saying, well, I, I, I got my prayer language. That, that's the marker of a spirit-filled believer is empowerment and boldness. That's the marker. Is it important? All the things I mentioned, is it important uh, to, 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 to pray in the spirit and have a prayer language? Yes, that's important. Is it, is it important uh, to operate in the gifts of the spirit? Absolutely. But the true marker of a spirit-filled believer should be 
power and boldness to be a witness. Yes, you know, that, that word power in, in Acts 1.8 there, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. In the Greek, that word is dynamis. And it's where we get our words for like dynamic or dynamite, dynamis power. And what that word simply means is miraculous power. Yes. Dynamic, miraculous, heaven power. That's what, that's what the early church had. When you read the book of Acts, you see signs and wonders. You see you know, miraculous growth in the church. 3,000 added in a day. 5,000 added in a day. Why? Mir- miracles constantly. They had that dynamis power. They operated not in their own strength. They didn't operate in their own wisdom and their own intelligence. They operated in the power that the Holy Spirit gives them, in the boldness that he gives them. And that's, guys, if, if, if the world needs, that's what the world needs. That's what, that's, that's what West Virginia needs. That's what Clarksburg and Bridgeport need, is a church full of people that are filled with empowerment from on high. Dynamis power, dynamic, miraculous power. More than ever before. And I think there's such a temptation and there's such a danger, especially today in the, the modern American church where we have everything's going pretty good. We're pretty comfortable. We have resources. We have buildings. We ha- there's a temptation to allow those things to replace empowerment from the Holy Spirit. There's a temptation to let talent replace empowerment. Man, if, if the enemy, it's tragic when that happens though, because think about it. If the enemy can just convince Christians, you don't need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You don't need that baptism of the Holy Spirit thing. That's for the crazies. Or if he can just reduce it down to speaking in tongues. Oh yeah, it's just for like your prayer language. That's all, that's all it's for. If that, if that happens, he's effectively stripped the Christians of their power and he stripped the church of their power. We cannot, we cannot rest on, well, okay, I, you know, I came to the altar one time and I got, I got my prayer language, I'm all good. No, God wants to give you power from heaven. He wants to give you boldness. Signs and wonders should follow your life. That should be the norm. Church, right? Power from on high. And Paul says, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's power. Clever ideas can never replace empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Plenty of resources can never replace empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Talent, you know, clever, planning out the perfect, you know, the perfect words you're going to say to that one lost friend can't replace empowerment from the Holy Spirit. It never will. It never can. Don't don't allow yourself to, to, to lean on or rest on. Well, you know, this is, I've been doing this for a while, this whole Christian thing. It's not my first rodeo, you know. I've, yeah, that's a dangerous, slippery slope to be in. You, you, you cease relying on the Lord and you start relying on yourself. It's a trap. It's a trap. And it's, it's not a safe place to be in. Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by my might. It's not by strength. It's by my spirit. Not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need power from heaven. We need boldness. 
the kind of power that takes you outside yourself. Yes. That, that you can do what you could have never done on your own. Right. And, and accomplish. Right? I can't get anyone saved. Can you get anyone saved? I, I can't heal anyone. Can you heal somebody? But when we have that dynamis, yes. that, that power from heaven, those things not only will happen, they should be the norm in our lives. Yes. If you're a spiritual believer, that stuff, that stuff should follow you. It should be normal. But I can't do that. You can't do that. Well, apart from the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's essential. We can't do it without it. So the Holy Spirit, when we're, in, we're filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit, we receive power from heaven and we also receive boldness. Turn to Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four and verse 29. And what we're about to read, the early church is they've been persecuted. There's been many threats from, from the, the government officials. And so in 29, it says this, and they're praying to God, they're praying this. They say, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing and power or healing power, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So the early church, they're receiving threats. They're being persecuted. And so they come to God and they pray, Father, give us great boldness. And how does God respond? Does he say, Here's a four-week book study on not being nervous or how to be bold. What is, what's his response? He fills them with the Holy Spirit. They need boldness, and what he gives them is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so like I said from the beginning of the message, maybe you're here, you're like, man, I want to reach that friend. You know, I, I want to go after that coworker, but I'm nervous. You need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. Not here's 10 steps on being bold. The Holy Spirit gives you boldness yes. beyond what you could ever have on your own. Yes. And I was, the other day, I was just thinking of my own personal you know, experience in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was a teenager and I was uh, at a summer camp, a youth summer camp. <clears throat> uh, and I can, rem- I can remember the exact place and the exact time and you know, all that. Um, so it was, very, it was something that marked me. It was definitely a, a memorable Experience, I could, you know, I could recount most of the details. Um, and just here in a few moments, you know, we're going to invite people forward. If you want to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit or, or a fresh infilling, we'll, we'll pray for you and you'll, you'll receive that. Um, but, you know, in that, in that time, I, you know, it, 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 I remember it was, it was memorable, it was remarkable, it changed me. However, it wasn't this supernatural, crazy experience where, you know, I was knocked unconscious for two hours and I lost control of my body. And, um, you know, sometimes I'd look at other people, maybe at the same camp and be like, oh, well, you know, how come that happened to them and not to me? And I'd kind of almost be jealous and like wish that my experience were different. Uh, but then I just, I felt the Lord just remind me, um, it, it's not about that experience. It's about the fruit and the byproduct of that, of that, that baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
And so then I started to, you know, kind of like just take inventory of my life. And I, and I began to realize, I started thinking through some stuff and I began to realize up until that moment, I had never led anyone to the Lord. I had never spoken the word of God or preached like I'm doing it. I'd never done any of that. But then after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I led people to the Lord. I started, you know, speaking God's word with boldness. And that, that, that's what matters. That, that's like I said, that's the mark of a spirit-filled believer. Yes, you know, the, the prayer, our prayer language, speaking in tongues, that's, that's important. I'm not downplaying that. But that's not, the, that, that's not the primary purpose of the influence of the Holy Spirit. And you do yourself a disservice when, when you stop there and say, oh, I got it, I'm done. There's more for you. There's more for us as a church. So if you're here, like I said, and you, you want to reach your friends, your coworkers, but you're not sure you can do it, do you have the power, the strength, the boldness, this morning you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In a few moments, we'll invite you forward. Or if you're here, and I, and I asked everyone in the room, if I asked everybody, um, are, you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And you said yes. My next question would be, are you boldly sharing Christ and to signs and wonders for all your life. And if not, you need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. There's one baptism, many fillings. One baptism, many fillings. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was like 17, but there's been many fillings since that point. People that try to, it's a mistake to say, well, I got baptized in uh, the Holy Spirit in you know, 2015, and uh, you're, you're empty now, you're dry. You need, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. You should be regularly being filled with the Holy Spirit, continually ongoing, keeping yourself full of the Holy Spirit. How do you know if something's full? How do you know in a, if you were, had a cup, how would you know something's full? When it, when it starts to completely overflow that cup, right? And it starts to spill out everywhere around it. That should be the marker in our lives. That in our workplace, there's spillover everywhere. People around us are, are getting saved. People around us are, are getting you know, miraculous touches from God. Wherever you go, there should be a spillover of the Holy Spirit. So if that's not a marker in your life, God has more for you. God wants to fill you with power from on high. That, that, that heaven power, that heaven boldness. That's what we need. That's what Bridgeport needs. That's what West Virginia needs. We need power from on high. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.